Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I talk about things that I feel need talking about, and sometimes they're not getting the attention they deserve. And your feelings, they're not under consideration. I'm Lindsay Belenti. And I'm Madison Stengel. And we're the hosts of Ye Old Crime, where we discuss the funny, Hey man, he's a nice guy. And they're like, no, he's disgusting. He has hooves. Strange. There are EVPs of spirits saying, get out in a room where patients committed suicide and obscure crimes of yesteryear. Here, Justin. Here's your first phallic amulet. Join us Wednesdays, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime. The podcast you are about to listen to contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions, generally things that aren't appropriate for little kids or overly sensitive people. So, if any of that stuff's going to get your nose out of joint, this is your chance to turn it off. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Had to Say It. We're going to do things uh, a little more casual today. It's going to be a little less angry venting today. Uh, Just going to try and get a little back on a little bit of positivity. First and foremost, I want to take the time to acknowledge I've gotten a lot of support recently from my fellow podcasters. There's a lot of great indie podcasters out there. There's been, (laughs) honestly, there's more than I can name at this point. But it's something you you really should look into. I'm going to put together a whole page on the webpage just dedicated to other indie podcasts, to programs that I listen to, I really think you should be listening to, too. It covers a gamut of things, movies, pop culture, nerd culture, thing, music, just random bullshit. It's a lot of stuff, and it's there's true crime stuff. There's all sorts of things that there's a whole world of stuff out there. There are people that are passionate about all sorts of things, and they've started these projects, these little passion projects, and they sh- you should listen to them and support support them and rate them and review them and if you listen to podcasts and you haven't taken the time to rate and review them as a podcaster I can tell you it makes such a huge difference for us when we have those metrics if we're trying to monetize or if we're trying to accomplish things or get attention or guests and we can point to some metrics and say look we have this many reviews we have this many ratings we have this much engagement so that's my sort of kind of call to action as far as this is concerned. It's something, it really will take less than five minutes out of your day, and it helps you support something that is providing entertainment to you. So it's a way you can show some gratitude and kind of pay it forward without actually having to pay for anything. So that's my thought on that matter. So if you are liking shows and you're listening to shows, like I said, go to whatever platform you're streaming them on, review them, follow them. A lot of people will say, you know, subscribe to my show or subscribe to my channel or whatever the case may be. And I'm, I tend not to say that because the word subscribe conjures up images of having to pay. And literally every platform out there that you are following these programs on can be a free platform. Unless it's a, a subscription is an option. It's not something you have to do. You can follow the shows and get notifications of new episodes so you won't miss new episodes, and they get the credit that you're following them. That makes their numbers look good. So just you know, try and keep that in the back of your mind next time you're clicking on a new show or whatever. Second thing I want to bring up is the fact that I am trying out a new equipment setup today, 
and a different software configuration. So if the episode sounds a little different than what you're used to, I apologize. Uh, this is I'm trying to progress and get better at doing these things. Uh, it's a hobby that I'm working on, but I want to enjoy it. I want to get better at it so I can be more proficient at it, and this is one of those steps. So if you do have an opinion on how things sound with this different setup, please let me know. Email me, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, Instagram. I am on everything shy of the TikTok because I'm old and I don't have any interest in making videos of myself doing stupid-ass dances or hurting myself. But that's neither here nor there. I know plenty of people that use TikTok very effectively for engagement, apparently, but I'm old and crotchety and I won't be one of them. And so I guess that's kind of the get-off-my-lawn moment for this speech. Uh, yeah, so no TikTok for Aaron, no dancing, no viral videos, none of that crap. So anyway, the first thing I really want to talk about, now that the maintenance stuff is out of the way, I want to talk about something that came up this past week. And it's one of those things, kind of a sign of the time, plus it's a indicator sort of of where we're at economically. The lottery drawing that was recently hit a billion dollars. The cash lump sum payout option was 700 and some odd million dollars. This I'm, The fact that people are buying in and the, the pots are growing so fast at this point where it gets to those levels. It was re- record-breaking a couple of years ago when it got to 500 million. Now it got to 700 million before anybody even really started talking about it. And I think the pots are growing faster now because more and more people are getting desperate. We're not in a position where the lottery was something that people were, you know, doing lightly or mildly. And I read somewhere years ago, it was one of those things that made me laugh, said the lottery is like a tax on suckers. And at this point, it seems more like the lottery is buying a ticket to dream. So that's something that's been going on here, and particularly with all this COVID crap going on and the varying changes in the system. Now you can buy lottery tickets online. You don't even have to go to the gas station and wait in line with all the other desperate assholes. You just open up the app, give them your money, and then boom, they tell you you didn't win anything. So at least that's been my experience. I'm not big on lottery tickets either, but when it was a billion dollars, yeah, I bought I bought a few draws because if nothing else, it was worth the $10 just to daydream about what I would do with that much friggin' money. I would do a lot of good for a lot of people. I would set up a recording studio for anybody that wanted to use it to encourage the arts and music and and other podcasts and anybody else that wanted to use it. It would be I would donate money to other podcasters on indie things. I would set up funds so they could get gear and equipment and try and create and do something and try and bring something into the world because that is more money than any one person needs. All these greedy, ultra-rich bastards out there, I don't know how you live with yourselves, other than the fact that you go out and do things like buying solid gold toilets or whatever the hell else it is the mega-rich do. Uh, that's not for people like you and me to know, I guess. But what I would do, like I said, I would be pretty altruistic. I'm, I'm Granted, I'm not a saint. I'm going to do a lot of shit for myself first, but there's only so much I really need. Four or five houses scattered around the country, a really tricked-out RV to go from house to house in, an amazing personal recording setup so I can continue to vent my ire into the ether, and enough money to set up solid trusts for my kids. I mean, ultimately, I would take all that money, and after I was done doing all my goofy, pissing-away, altruistic stuff, I would invest it. I would set it up to make me more money because that's what the smart buy is. 
I mean, granted, it, and this nobody that anybody that wins might need this advice because traditionally people that are playing the lottery are not necessarily the most financially savvy individuals. I mean, there's exceptions to the rule, just like everything else, but it's a lot of people that, unfortunately, it's a thing, the broke mentality, the the impoverished mindset, and you see it, you used to see it a lot with smaller lottery jackpots, you know, between 5 and $10 million, where these people would be broke within a decade. They, enough money that is probably more than they would have earned in their working lives they get it all at once, and it just ruins their lives. They give it away to the wrong people. They don't set anything aside for the future. They don't make any investments. They just buy shit because they have an impoverished mentality. They have broke fucker thinking, and I'm sure that's not the clinical name for it, but it is a thing. It, it, impoverished people have an entirely different mindset than people who have money, and when they all of a sudden get their hands on a bunch of money, they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to act right First thing you do, you get a lawyer. You get a tax lawyer and you get a legal lawyer to make sure nobody else can come and just take what is now yours. Me, personally, I would hire a PR guy right out of the gate to try and convince a lot of people that it was some other asshole named Aaron that won the lottery because I don't have a problem venting my ire on people and anybody that shows up with their hat in their hand, if I don't feel like being nice to them, I'm not going to do it. And I mean, that doesn't change whether I got $50 or $50 million. I'm still going to be me. But ultimately, it's a lot of headache you're going to have to deal with. And most of the states in the country, you still have to disclose. I mean, it's over half of them, I believe, where when you win, you have to publicly disclose, yeah, I won the lottery. So I would do it in the most inconspicuous way possible because I don't want to have to deal with all the bullshit that goes along with everybody finding out you're mega rich. Because... People that are traditionally mega rich and come from mega rich families don't have to deal with the same crap because everyone knows they're not going to fall for it. They're not going to all of a sudden donate a new roof to a church or whatever. If you're poor and all of a sudden you're rich, every other poor son of a bitch that's known you for your entire life is going to come out of the woodwork with their hat in their hands. It's just the nature of the beast. So... Hire, an, hire a good lawyer. Hire a good tax accountant. Get a financial advisor. If you get any of this make-you-stupid-levels-of-money, be smart for God's sake. And get people who actually know how to deal with money to tell you how to deal with your money. You're not going to be some brilliant investor overnight. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. If you were broke as shit before luck decided to bless you with some sort of fortune... It's a real good chance that you have broke as shit mentality and you will run yourself right back into being broke as shit. Or you'll be one of those people that gives everyone in their life everything they want all of a sudden and next thing you know you've got your grandkids overdosing because you give them suitcases full of money so they can go out and have fun with their friends. And what do teenagers with too much money do? Way too many drugs. It's always sad when I hear about these things, but I'm never shocked. It's kind of common sense. It's one of those things. It's shit happens. It really does. And if you've got a broke-ass mentality with a whole lot of resources at your disposal, you're going to do broke-ass shit. So, but it's kind of a moot point. Whoever won, has, as far as I'm aware, has not been announced yet. It was somebody in Michigan. So if you're in Michigan and you bought a lottery ticket and you happen to hear this, <laughs> I could really use a roadcaster. Um... Just putting that out there for the universe. I would love one. 
I'm not greedy. They're about 600 bucks. If you've got 700 million and you want to bless a poor podcaster from Illinois, I'm I'm here. But beyond that, it's it's been an interesting year as far as fiscal stuff goes, too. All of a sudden, do, through the power of the internet and the common man, the folks on Reddit decided they were going to teach a bunch of short-selling hedge fund managers a lesson at, to the tune of something like $13 billion through messing with great GameStop stocks and driving the price up and making all the short sellers lose their asses. The company that was short selling all this stock is filing bankruptcy, which part of me thinks is hilarious. Part of me thinks is severely ironic because they were counting, basically counting on making their money from GameStop filing bankruptcy, and instead it bit them in the ass. And the Internet has basically decided they're going to go along and find more stocks they can do this with. Uh, unfortunately, the government has stepped in because the only people they approve of price-fixing and messing with the stock market and artificially inflating and deflating ones are the ones that have been doing it this entire time. Now that the common man has that access at his fingertips, they acted real quick to save their Wall Street cronies, bail out their their fatted cows, the the source of their kickbacks and their well-being. We had a pandemic and a lockdown for 11 months of people not having money, not having jobs, and not having any options. And they sat there and fought back and forth fighting over this stimulus package that never really even got passed. And for every dollar they gave this country to help bail us out of the problem, they gave at least a dollar away to some other country that probably fucking hates us. Without getting too much into the political thing, as soon as this attack on Wall Street happened and one hedge fund company had to declare bankruptcy... Within 24 hours, they had convened and acted to stop it from happening anymore. So that should really tell you something about where the priorities are in this country. And speaking of priorities and fiscal crap, we are going to take a break here so I can stick in the regular mid-show roll with the ad. And before I do that, I just want to put it out there. If you are interested in any kind of advertising or getting a spot on here or just having me plug your show your store your movie your whatever please feel free to reach out to me at www.ihadtosayitpodcast.com all the contact information is there get a hold of me i'm not even saying i'll do it for money depending on the situation if it's a business and you're and you're looking at as an advertising expense we can work something out if you're another indie person and you just want to get your sd shop or whatever plugged i am all about supporting the small businesses just let me know be more than happy to throw throw a shout out to you so we're going to take a pause here and we'll come back in a couple minutes and i'll talk about the other half of whatever's on my mind when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply all right, everybody, so welcome back. For the second half, I want to talk about something. It's going to be quick and painless. It's going to be short and easy, however you want to look at it. The thing I want to talk about is I did a little kind of a guest spot thing a little while back here, and it just got published uh, today for another show. Uh, 
if you happen to be on Instagram, check out the Bub and Gob Show. They do a thing called Coffee Snobs. It's very good and entertaining. If you haven't listened to the show, you should definitely check it out. But I'm getting sidetracked. The point is, it got me thinking about this. Uh, they were doing Music Month for the whole month of January. And I got my little query thing a little bit late. Uh, so they decided to just wrap it up with a little special release on the 1st of February, even though it's uh, so it's Music Monday, I guess. But I'm rambling. Uh, the point is, it got me thinking about how important music really is in everybody's day-to-day life. And it's one of those things, it kind of ties back into why I said if I won like stupid-ass amounts of money, I would set up a recording studio and just let people use it. There's a reason you have to pay to use recording studios. There's a reason it costs money to set one up, to properly soundproof them, and to ha- it takes money to set up to get the equipment. Is actually the cheaper part of things. Getting somebody in there that knows how to properly edit, has good ears, knows how to mix things, to cut demos, to m- clean up things, to make them sound professional, to make them sound like things people want to listen to, that takes talent, and talent needs to be recognized. Talent needs to be rewarded. So it's really hard to set up something like that, and that's a reason why it costs so much money for people to go into studios and record their music. And there's a lot of cool stuff out there, and technology has evolved, and there's a lot of things that are more compact, more portable. You don't need a massive soundboard to do audio recordings anymore. And look at how many podcasts are out there where it's people recording on their phones at this point. And the resources exist, but I think it would be fantastic to set up like a professional-grade recording studio. Not only that, but to put instruments in there that are really nice instruments. So maybe you get some musicians, some kids that don't have a way to get their gear to the to the studio to record it, or don't have really good gear and could benefit by having just some nice commercial-grade musical equipment. And it would be a fantastic thing, I think, because that creativity and that, that that makes better thinkers. It makes more critical thinkers. It makes people that think outside the box. And artists and musicians need to be encouraged and nurtured and brought around to growing. So it's kind of going to be my little call to action, my my challenge to everyone at this point is to find an independent artist, a a musician, a, a vocalist, something, somebody different, and just go out there and listen to them and encourage them. I mean, you don't have to necessarily spend any money, but listen to their stuff and give them feedback. So many artists these days just would be happy to know their be, the word is being spread. If you're in a position to do something financially to help them buy a CD, download a song, whatever the case may be, that seems to be a thing now is particularly with this pandemic going on there are no venues open there are there's no way for these people to get their material spread to sell CDs or demos or whatever or sell access to their iTunes or what there's a lot of different ways that these things can be handled but none of them are happening right now and Granted, a lot of people that are into music and are really into doing these things, they're going to do it anyway. It's something that people do out of passion, not that they do out of a 9-to-5 obligatory thing. I mean, there are obviously career musicians, and we've all heard them, and we all acknowledge they exist, and that's great. But there's a whole lot of people out there making music just because it makes them happy. And those are the little guys. That's where the new stuff's going to come from. That's where the innovation's going to come from. That's where the really like heartfelt from their core stuff is going to come from and we need to make sure we don't lose that 
And honestly, every one of those professional musicians who's out there making a living and selling their music and selling advertising or selling their music to advertisers or however they're making their money off the system, they all started out in a garage somewhere or in a basement or in somebody's living room or playing a guitar in their closet. And being a little older like I am, I I go back and think of people that were recording into a tape player in their bedroom. It happens, and it's not a. It's a good thing. We need to encourage it. We need to keep it and and nurture it and bring it along. And I'm kind of talking in a circle here, but it, it's really this has been kind of rolling around in my mind for the last week and a half since I recorded this thing and sent it off, saying, "Well, what were your major musical influences?" And the, I got to thinking about it, and it, in the context of. My major musical influences, I mean, I come from a family where we all were encouraged to play something, at least initially, at least give it a try. I have several family members that play multiple instruments. A lot of us did not stick through with it till our older age. Some of us did. Some of us still play. Some of us are getting back into it. Me, personally, I'm getting back into music and just just purely for my own sake, not that I'm ever going to release anything or probably ever join a band again or any of that sort of stuff, but just because it's something I like to do. It makes me happy. It It's a creative outlet, sort of like this show is for me. And the thing is, the, these are the things we need to support. We need to encourage this. If you're a parent, give your kid that option. It may not be necessarily the first thing that occurs to you, but maybe just ask your kid, hey, would you be interested in taking some guitar lessons or getting a t- getting an instrument and watching YouTube clips until you figure out how to do it and you give it a try? And we need to foster and nurture that sense of creativity. And if you are one of these people who is, and there's a lot of them out here, I see it in a lot of my social media feeds, people that are constantly bitching about how there is no available music right now. They can't go to live shows. They can't go out and hang out with their friends and check out new music or whatever. The options have not dried up. They have not gone away. The problem is the resources to create these options. I have a friend who has a venue in Kenosha. Uh, Shout out to Fusion. It's a place where they are a live music venue, and they are trying. They've been trying through this whole pandemic thing to get out there and allow artists to come in socially distance. They're live streaming shows with virtual tip jars, and they're not getting any kind of reaction. They're getting a few streamers that want to watch the show or listen to the music, but the tip jars aren't getting any any money put into them. The artists aren't getting anything out of it. The venue's not getting anything out of it. This is a, a completely altruistic move on, on their part where they're not making any income from selling drinks of people coming to see this artist perform. They're strictly providing them with a venue to stream and possibly get tips or there's all kinds of crowdsourcing apps out there and and programs. I mean, I've even got one and I I don't really do this for the money. I mean, there's a lot of things I'd like to get for the show that I think would improve the quality, but I don't have the disposable income to do it on my own right now, so I did set up a thing called buy me a coffee it's really a neat little thing uh but there it's not that i'm saying anything about that as far as i go but 
it's a thing that does exist. There are ways where you can literally, with no extra cost to yourself, you can give five bucks to somebody if you're watching them stream a video. There's Cash App and GoFundMe and and Buy Me a Coffee and all these other programs out there. So if you want to see these things keep happening and if you want to encourage them and try and get back to some sort of sense of normalcy, you need to kick in. I know things are tight right now. I know things are weird right now. But do do a little legwork. Look around. Find people that are trying to do live streams and do these online shows and then support those people. That's where it comes in. That's where the real rub of it comes in. You can't just say nobody's doing this and bitch about it without actually doing something about it. So when you do find somebody that is doing it, encourage them, support them. Because if they tell other people, "Hey, yeah, I did a show last week and I made 500 bucks because 200 people all gave me a buck and a half or gave me 250 or whatever the case may be. It all of a sudden becomes an incentive for all these other people to give it a shot, to try and do it. That's how you grow a new a new economic concept. So support the arts. Support them virtually. Support them online. If you can't go, support them in person. The, the, the framework and the structure is there. And a lot of independent artists and people that try to make their living as artists or as creators or, or musicians or any of this stuff, they're trying, but they're not getting the engagement and the feedback they need. So to my two dozen or so regular listeners, I'm sure you guys probably already understand this. You're probably already doing it. If you're listening to me, you're probably either a podcaster yourself or you're somebody that somebody told you you should come listen to this guy because he's kind of funny, he's kind of smart, and he's a complete smartass and doesn't give a shit. Because let's face it, that's kind of my shtick. And it's not a shtick. It's just the way I am. I ran out of fucks to give a long time ago because... In the capacity of staying true to myself, I have to say what's on my mind. I cannot bottle it up. I, I'm not willing to give myself an aneurysm or a stroke or a heart attack because I have to deal with a bunch of just idiots, and I'm just going to take it. So that's why I do this. But realistically, if you're out there and you're not, if you're in a position where your life has only been disrupted on the recreational side of things, you're still making a living, you're still getting a paycheck, everything has run pretty much bar average to this point, and you're not spending that money going out on the weekends, you're not going out and doing things, try and find an online way to encourage creativity, to encourage art- artistic things, to make the world a little shinier and a little better place for some people that have really been hit hard by this shit, and some people who... Yeah, they may not be essential workers in the term of other than the fact that a lot of them are probably servers or waiters or bartenders in their spare time because that whole starving artist thing is, it's a stereotype, but it's true. And being an artist a lot of the times doesn't pay the bills, and we all got bills to pay. But the thing is, a lot of those starving artist types that were service industry types on the back burner also got screwed on that. So... If you have the option, if you have the resources, if you have the income, just go out of your way to do something nice for somebody. Find a virtual tip jar somewhere and throw five bucks in it. If you would have normally thrown a five in the guy's guitar case as you were on your way to the train station or whatever, find somebody online that would probably be the guy at the train station if, if the trains were still running and throw five bucks into his virtual tip jar. Pretty much every artist who's streaming something has some way where you can support them. There are literally dozens of crowdfunding 
applications out there now to get money to these people. So that's kind of my rant for this episode is support the arts. Be creative, and if you can't be creative, support somebody who is. And for that, that's what I had to say. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Had to Say It. If you get a chance, check us out on social media. There's a Facebook group, there's Twitter, there's Instagram. I Had to Say It podcast is pretty much the trigger for all that stuff. Or you can check us out online at www.ihadtosayitpodcast.com. There's links to all the social media and to all the platforms that we are streaming on. And there is contact information for any of the restaurants or local businesses or musicians that we've talked to or will be talking to or anybody I have mentioned in any of the uh, previous episodes. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.